Everyone, we are here with Nico Hurtado, and we are at my home in West Hollywood, California, in a room I am now calling the Bears Cave. Grr. <laughs> I thought it was Casa de Bear. <laughs> Casa de Bear, that's another one, too. So, I'm, uh, I'm here today at the Coach Mike Podcast with a friend of mine who I... Uh, admire as well uh, his name is nico hortado yes nico is an artist and he does his artistry on canvas and also bodies yeah primarily i do tattoos and uh you know secondary i mean my passion is oil painting you know but tattooing is for my living so yeah i love art but I, i'll do any kind of art any kind of art any kind of art and uh, we were just talking about how going live, we just did a Facebook Live where we were talking and getting questions yeah. asked. And Nico was saying, even though Nico has an enormous following, uh, like on Instagram, how many followers do you have? I'm like 1.7 million right now. Yeah, yeah. which 1.7 million on Instagram is the equivalent of being like Kylie Jenner if you were doing products. And for tattooing. <laughs> I mean, you know, for tattooing, it's a lot for sure. I mean, it was funny. I, I tattooed a friend of mine that's a musician, this guy Wale. And he was like, he, he wasn't trying to be negative, but he was like, oh, you know, you just tattoo and you got 1.7 million. He's like, do you know how that's crazy that is? He's like, I make music. He's like, I know people like me. He's like, but you just do tattoos and people like you for that. So I thought that was cool. But Why do you think yeah. you have so many followers? I mean, I have no idea because I just put my work out there. I guess people just like the work and it's kind of um, pop culture. I've always done that, like comic book stuff and movies. And so they like to see that replicated on the body and you know yeah i don't know i have no idea why because i mean there's a lot of guys who are incredible tattoo artists who can't seem to get a following because having yeah. how important is having a following with with building a business in tattoo world i mean i think in modern age it's important in any business you know, I think that building a following and having an audience is important. I think the social media stuff is important. I've been doing social media since MySpace. So, you know, I was tattooing like three years. And, you know, I think at the time when I stopped using MySpace, I had like 75,000 friends. And that was a lot at the time, you know. And then I kind of skipped the whole Facebook thing. I just could never understand Facebook. It just never, I don't know, always... I always kind of was upset with it because they destroyed what I liked. I liked MySpace. Uh -huh. And so I was like, ah, I'm not going to use it. And then Instagram came in and I was like, oh, this seems cool. And so it was just simple, straight to the point, post a photo, leave it alone. And now it's changed again. It's become like more of like, like kind of in the middle of what Facebook is and what MySpace was. And so it's different, but it's just evolving and growing with all these apps. Well, I have to think tattooing celebrities is kind of like fashion brands putting celebrities in their clothing, right? 100%, for sure. I was lucky, man. You know, Kat Von D, uh, when, I, when I was tattooing about four years, she got a TV show called LA Inc. And her and this, my friend Corey Miller were on the show and they had called me and asked me to come down and tattoo on the show. And so I'd come down to, to, to tattoo but the contract never seemed right because I was so busy at the time and I just wasn't looking into the future. I was like, ah, I don't care about being on TV. So 
I, I really didn't think about the big picture of being on television. I just was like, ah, they're not going to pay me enough, so I'm not going to do this. And so I would back out of it. And uh, so I was on it for a few episodes for a few seasons. And then the last season of that show, I was on the complete season. And then I've just been on cameos of a few TV shows. So I think that's helped me with social media a lot too. People are kind of familiar with me. They've seen me somewhere. Like I'm like, they might not know who I am, but they're like, I've seen that guy somewhere or something, you know? Well, and it helps that your work is really good. Thanks. I continue to work really hard. Yeah. On your craft. Every, Every day. Like I just work hard in general. Like I work every day and uh, I just try to do my very best. And I just try to add value to the things that I do do. Like if I tattoo you, I'm trying to do my very best. And hopefully the value is when you show your tattoo, you feel proud of it, mm. you know, and, and that's what's important to me. So what, what do you think is the number one reason people are getting a tattoo? I mean, it's all different reasons. Some people are getting a tattoo because they want a cross on them because they're so religious, you know, and (laughs) and some people want a wizard. Right. You know, but some people just want to get tattooed because they just love tattooing or they love an artist and they want to get a bodysuit. I mean, it's just really depends on the person. I got tattooed early on because I wanted to learn. So I got my forearms tattooed in order to watch my heroes and deconstruct what they were doing and then take it back and do what they were doing so I could learn. And when you were a kid, did you think you were going to be a tattoo artist? No. uh, When I was a kid, I just always knew I was going to do something with art or I was going to do something with, um, with, with something with art, man. I just have been in love with art since I could hold a pencil. Mm. You know, that doesn't mean I was good at it. It just meant that I just always found my like center and like kind of that, um, what would you say? Meditative state. Got it. And at what age did you realize you wanted to do tattoos? Uh, me and my friend would talk about it in high school when we were like 15, 16. It's funny because I used to come down to Malrose. We, we had a, so he had a car and we would take art classes in, at Pasadena Art Center. And we, we really didn't take advantage as much as we should have. We would ditch class sometimes and just come down to Hollywood and mess around. And so I remember when I was about 16, 17, I was walking down Malrose and I tried to get a skull on my arm. And uh, I think I only had like $60, just like a dumb kid, you know? And they were like, we can't do it for less than 100. And the guy was such an asshole, man. Sorry to use that language, but mm. he was such an asshole that I, I was like, I'm going to do tattoos one day and uh, I'm not going to be like these people. And it's just funny that I own a shop now on Melrose because it's like full circle, you know? And Were you yeah. really bummed out that he wouldn't give you a tattoo? No, nah, it wasn't about him not giving me a tattoo. It's just tattoos back then there was no tv shows it was like if you've ever picked up like an easy rider magazine or like a tattoo magazine i mean it was grimy you know it was a different world and it was like this small little cult of people that like had their belief system and it's like you know they're cool and you're not and that's everybody i mean i've had old school tattooers tell me this like there's this guy gilmani and he was like you're this is exactly what he told me one time he was like oh yeah he was getting wasted and uh, he had told me, you're the top of the food chain. And I was like, what? And he was like, well, you got to understand that a rock star will come into your business as a, as a tattooer and respect your place. But they'll go to a hotel or go to a concert or go anywhere and not respect anyone. He's all, a doctor will come in and respect you and get tattooed a lawyer. He's like, so you have to understand that everyone's going to treat you with some kind of respect if they want something from you. And so it just always made me think like that's the mentality of a tattooer. Like that's how they feel is like I'm fucking cool and I don't give a fuck. And they're like a pirate and they just set sails and go. It's it, because they almost have a, they can give permanent. It's like, it's like someone who's a waiter and could put something in your food. 
For sure. If you make someone upset. For sure. I mean, back in the day, tattooers like was so it was so gnarly that like even if you worked with a dude at the shop, there wasn't so much business that you wouldn't give him your secrets. So like you worked with this guy for 20 years, but you were still fighting for the work that came through the door. And so if someone came through the door and it was like you had that little edge on your art or you had that little edge on your machines running a little better or you had the better pigment, mm. like tattoo pigment, you would never tell anybody what you were using. You wouldn't even share that with your coworker because that meant you were gonna lose your money. So right. it was like very cutthroat, you know? You didn't share, there was no teaching. Um, I know that uh, Sailor Jerry, I don't know if you ever heard of Sailor Jerry no. rum, but there's an alcohol, but Sailor Jerry owned a shop in Hawaii and he would make tattoo flash and he would purposely mess up parts of the flash and then sell it like that. But if you knew how to draw, you would fix it when you traced it. But if you didn't know how to draw, you just tattooed the mistake. And so this wow. was the mentality back then, which is really cool to me because it's like, you know, uh, that's where it comes from, man. And that's why sometimes like, you know, tattooing's changed so much and it's become more of a profession and people are taking it a lot more serious. But I do really love that part of tattooing that's like underground and still grimy. Like I remember I went to the Palladium for my first tattoo convention I ever did when I was 16. Like I, I went and looked at it. The Palladium in Los Angeles. Yeah, it was called the Inkslinger's Ball. And my cousin was a biker and his biker club threw it. And so he was like, I think you'll really like this. You like art. So we went and I remember it was like a circus sideshow. I mean, there was people with their whole face tattooed. They look like cats or like the, liz <laughs> the lizard guy, you know, and they were selling pictures with like, you know, you know, serial killers and people were getting portraits of serial killers. And it was just the craziest situation ever. And I remember, I don't know if it was that year or the year after, but Johnny Depp was like, uh, he was a, um, a judge for the tattoo contest. So it was just like a different time for tattooing. I don't mm -hmm. know. It was interesting. And are they in the styles of tattoos now, what's the style today versus how they were even five years ago? Like styles? what's trendy? I mean, what's trending right now is heavy black work, like real heavy black work. Like it's come back into style. It's not tribal. What does that mean exactly? Like, like, like black full sleeves of black. Just black. Just solid Nothing. black. Like black arm, like a black arm. You know, uh, full legs of black, full black, backs of black, but like with designs. So they'll have like mandala shapes or they'll have like a big bar of black. It's it's interesting. It's really cool. But um, yeah, you know, realistic portrait stuff, like the color stuff. Uh, there's so Hey, all you true crime fans. This is Mike Ferguson. And this is Mike Morph. And we'd like to invite you to listen to our podcast, Criminology. Launched in 2017, we've covered a variety of strange cases from murders to missing persons. Some of the cases are ones you may not have heard of. Other cases we cover are some of the most historic in true crime. There are 200 episodes of Criminology available to binge on right now. And new episodes come out every Saturday night. Subscribe to Criminology today, wherever you listen to your podcast. 20 different styles of tattoos. And the way I I met uh, you was you did uh, I actually had this thing on Instagram that was uh, back in the day when I just started the Coach Mike brand that was supposed to help you grow your socials and okay. somehow it like got me connected with Nico. Oh, wow. I learned very quickly that trying to game the system on Instagram doesn't work. Like yeah. it's just, like I didn't know what I was doing, yeah. and I also didn't want to take the time to like like be on my phone all day you For know sure. and of course that, that that it's almost like sometimes you feel like as a personal brand you're like all right now let me get into this space oh i 
don't have a following and yeah. oh the algorithms changed yeah but somehow i got connected with you through the ethers yeah, yeah. and then we communicated and um uh nico put a wizard which is my best self which i named merlin on my arm and uh it was pretty cool what i liked about you was you know i came in and we had like create it felt like we were like constructing a music video for sure <laughs> like for sure down to like the images and the style yeah. and the vibe yeah you didn't charge me yeah no. you like literally yeah. and then when it was time to make an appointment i mean you you are booked out yeah i mean it's almost near it's nearly impossible to get tattooed by me right now uh i would say that if i like the idea a lot of times i meet people you know i meet them and i feel their vibe and I've been lucky enough to get to a point to where I get to spend the time with the people I want to spend time with. So if you come in and you're open and we sit together and we enjoy each other's company and I feel like I can give you my best, then we're going to do a tattoo on you. And I feel like that's important. Um, I do, uh, I do think that, you know, it's important to make sure that if you're going to get tattooed by somebody, you're going to carry that energy with you. I mean, think about it. Like it's an intimate thing. Like, I really do believe tattooing is intimate like sex, man, because you're trusting me with your body. You know, I'm I'm having to make sure you're okay. And I'm just, it's, it's just back and forth. I feel like you're in a vulnerable place and whatever we talk about or whatever you think or, or whatever's going on for those eight hours, I mean, it's, it's a, it's an intimate setting, you know, and I, I really respect that and i really love that about tattooing what 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 is the worst decision you've made with accepting somebody's idea to do a tattoo on them like where you look back at your decision and you're like oh, I the worst decisions i've made is is money because you know some people will throw money at you and say oh you know i'll give you x amount of dollars to do this tattoo that i know you're absolutely gonna hate and then i'm like oh cool like in my mind i'm like okay cool i'm gonna grab yeah, this money yeah and i'll go there and then it's like I'm miserable for, for just say it's a full back piece. I'm miserable for how many hours? 40, anywhere between 25 to 100 hours. How do they know you're going to hate it? They don't know I'm going to hate it, but usually I can tell by the, by the personality of the person. And then a lot of people will be, will be like, oh, I'll give you freedom. And they'll throw this some money at you. And then you, you're, you're hooked in, right? And you made a commitment. You gave them an appointment. And then they show up and they're like rigid, on their decision, no, this is what I want. And you're like, oh man. Uh, and you can say no, but then you don't want to so be- So the worst decision you've made is choosing money over what? Integrity, I guess, you know, and, cho and uh, choosing the, the right person. Because those kind of people, you usually can detour or send them to someone else that'll fit them better. You know, but sometimes you're like- How many like, of those happen a year for you? I give a lot away. I no, how many, away. How, many times, how many times do you end up uh, someone offers you a lot of money. Yeah. And when you say a lot of money, how much will people offer you for tattoos? I mean, it just depends. They'll offer you, you double your rate or, you know. Um, and what's your rate? Right now, I'm 400 an hour. Okay. So, so they'll say, I'll do it. I want to get 800 or more. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's more, an hour. But it's very rare I take that, you know, because it's not realistic in the way of like the – I don't, I just don't want to spend time with them, Put it this, you know, <laughs> and, and what, what is it about someone that you don't want to spend time with? Like, like, is it, what is your red flag? Just key words or key things. They tell me I had a guy reach out that wanted me to go out to, I won't say what, what city or whatever, but he wanted me to go to a state over one state over and uh, tattoo him because he has money. 
And, um, you know, he's been bugging me about it, but it's like, because he has money, he feels like he shouldn't wait like everyone else. And it's like, he's really pushing. He's like, well, I need to know if you're going to do this or not. And I'm like, first of all, man, like I have two shops you can come to, you know, like you're more than welcome to come and you can pay the normal rate. Everyone's paying. I'm super busy. So for me to have to step out of my life and even just get away from my kids and go to another state, this is how much you're going to pay. And sometimes I even feel like that's not even worth it, you know, because it's just my happiness is more important. It's just not, I'm not in my happy place. I've done it with people and I'm totally not opposed to it, but it has to be the right thing, you know, and I have to feel right. And usually those people feel like their ego is telling me constantly, like, who they are, what they have. And and for some reason, they feel that's important to me. When it's like, it's not that, dude. Like, convey your message, convey what you want me to do on you and what the, I guess, like what the energy is of it. Mm-hmm. Not like this superficial thing, you know? Yeah, I, I find for me, um, because I'll have a lot of people that are like, Mike, we want you to coach me, right? Yeah. Like, I, I want you to be my, for my sure. coach. And to be honest, <laughs> where I'm at now is I've, I almost like freely like giving it away. For sure. Um, For sure. And I find that it's people often like, you know, even your rate of charging 400 an hour. Yeah. What they're paying for is, you know, the 20 plus years of you doing tattoos yeah. and having a reputation and the for wisdom sure. and the work. And I find... I, I mean, yours is probably a good thing. When people idolize me too much, oh, yeah. off the bat, I'm like, yeah. uh-oh, this is going to go really south. For sure. Because I'm a human, right? For sure, of course. But in yours, it's great if they idolize you because they're really looking at a piece of art that they're giving you yeah. the layout for, and they're already so sold, right? For sure. I mean, yeah, it's nice when people trust me. Have you ever started you know? a tattoo and someone's in so much pain, they're like, I can't do it? Of course. What happens? So I tattooed this guy. He's a great tattooer from Europe and him and his wife came out and uh, I tattooed him one day or I don't know if I, yeah, I tattooed him one day. I think the day after I tattooed her first, but they came over here to the California, went to Disneyland, didn't get no rest. And then she drove up and got tattooed. It's when I used to work in this other shop in the desert before I owned my shops. And um, I did one line on her and she was like, I can't do it. And I was like, oh man, I never finished it. I'm pretty sure he did. But did she full on was Where like was on her back, like right here. And it was a, it was going to be a, like a lotus flower. And so I did one like little line to start. And she just like, dude, I'm so beat. I can't even handle this. How, how often do you do private areas? Um, I've never really done like any private real areas. Like on males, I've never tattooed their genitalia or anything like that. And on females, I've done it maybe once or twice, but like never never really usually man some of those people that that would come by and want it (laughs) it seemed like they were a little bit more freaky i had a guy ask me one time i did a perfect circle on his arm and i remember he looked over at me and he was like you ever had someone get an erection from the tattoo and i was like no and he was just like oh and i was like oh i'm not even gonna look because i'm I'm pretty sure you got an (laughs) erection right now you know but i've had all kinds of situations like that i've had you know um this one guy show up one time that was like my grandmother's uh, heating and airing air guy, heating and air guy. And he showed up with his wife and, uh, I didn't think anything of it. They were probably like 60 and I had seen him the week before I told him where the shop was. And he was like, Oh, my wife wants to get this rose. And so I'm like, cool. 
I didn't ask where it was at because I was like, oh, in my mind, I'm like, oh, this ain't going to go nowhere weird. Yeah. So I get this little rose ready. It's like this big, you know, with a little stem, tiny little rose. And I tell her, all right, come back. Let's get it done. And I'm like, where do you want to get this? And she lifts her skirt up and she's not wearing anything. And she's like on her labia, dude. And I was like, well, I'm already in this. So I'm not, I'm not going to lose this money. So I did it. So you put a rose on it. Yeah, but the weirdest thing is- Why did she want that? Dude, I think she wanted it because her husband was looking at me like he was into it. Like they were in, yeah, it was strange. Like he was like- like, Maybe it was their way of seducing you. Not seducing me. Maybe it was their way of like, maybe this was a fun experience for them and maybe it was sexy. But I was like kind of tripped out by it just because the way he, the energy he was like sending towards me from the side was like- you know, like, yeah, I'm into this, you know? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to get this done and get this out of here. And how long did it take? Did, was it uh, painful for it? You numb the labia before you tattoo it? Nah. Just, just it literally on. get tattooed? Yeah, it was just right on the outside of like, you know. And was she screaming? No. It she took was... like maybe 30 minutes. Maybe not even that. Okay. It was small. And, small. And this is like, I would say 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is when, before TV shows, like this is like at the beginning of that. So you had like, I would work till like two in the morning. And so you would wait at midnight and wait till someone walked in and you were just doing the walk-ins. So you had all these crazy, you had like people like super wasted, flashing thousands of dollars and dropping it on the floor and like trying to get tattooed. You know, you'd have all kinds of stuff, man. We've had cops show up wasted, bro. Like not on duty, but like cops that would come around, they would come and want to get tattooed and be wasted. And it, it was just crazy, man. It was crazy. And have you ever started a tattoo with someone? I'm back on this, like, because I'm just imagining, you know, like the tattoo you put on my arm is we've done four sessions at about yeah. eight hours a time, right? Yeah, five to six. Five to six. Yeah, I would say we, five we, to six, we but shoot we always, yeah, we, we talk we, a lot. We, we talk a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always a good time. Most, okay, yeah, 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 so let's yeah, say yeah. five hours, four times. I think times. Five, five to six hours. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. You guys can do the math. And um, it is worth it because Thank I love you. it. Thanks. Um, and like with with the tattoo you put on me like after day one if you were like oh man mike he's just a handful like oh what the hell do you do with me i I mean i'll finish it you know if it's somebody that's too much i'll finish it i'll make sure to do what's right you know i I committed to it and it's you know in the end it's a business and i need to make sure people get their stuff done but some people can be assholes you know what i mean there's been dudes that have tried to fight me you know, because I, I had a guy, he was a construction worker, a big, real big dude, kind of like, cause you're a big guy. He was yeah. a big guy and I was doing a full sleeve of like all this religious stuff. And, um, I, I remember this religious piece on this big guy, you know, he came in, he was like, Hey, if you can get it done, it was like five or six months from then. He's like, if you can get this done, I'll give you $10,000 bonus cash. And I was like, honestly, man, I'm booked out years. Cause I used to book out years. I used to book out like a year and a half, two years. And I was like, there is no way possible I can get you in, dude. I'm sorry. And he was like, well, then I want the stencil. And it was on the phone that he was telling me. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to give you the stencil because I designed it. And, you know, man, if he was nice about it, I probably would have given it to him. But he was being a jerk on the, on the phone. So I was like, I'm not going to give it to this guy. So he came in and I put the stencil on my station. And you could see my station from the front of the shop. And he was like, you know, big guy tries to intimidate me and he was like, I'm going to take it. I'm going to come around that desk and I'm going to grab that. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead. I'm all, that's why I put it there. I'm going to come around and grab it. And then he just like kind of stared at me and he was like, you're an asshole. And he left, but he was like 
full on like before that was like ready to fight for this thing. And I'm like, dude, he thought he could push me around. And that's just always how it's always been with, with tattooing. Sometimes people come in and they're just super aggressive. And I had a guy just, cause you know, you've been in my shop in yeah. Hollywood, my guy Hilmar that I work with, really talented guy, really hardworking, good person, doesn't drink, you know, a vegetarian, really good person. Veget I love how no. in the category of no, but good it's person just, is vegetarian. No, it's just, he's a disciplined person, Yeah, you know, cause that takes yeah, discipline, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so he treats his clients really well. And uh, he had a guy he tattooed the other day and the guy has a bunch of traditional tattoos and the style tattooing we do takes a lot longer. So he was getting these two pieces on his chest and as he's doing it, the guy had bought tickets to go to like the comedy store to go watch a show at night because I think he thought he'd be done and get banged yeah. out and be done. So the time had come and he took a break. Hilmar went to the restroom and came back and the guy was like, here's your money, I'm done. And Hilmar was like, what? And he was like, I'm done, dude. Like, I don't wanna, I, 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 this is taking me way too long. And Hilmar was like, okay. So he took the money, the dude left. And Hilmar was super upset and he had to write the, I had him write the guy and just say, hey, look, it, if we left on a bad foot, you know, I would like to know what happened. You seemed upset. And the guy was like, well, it took way too long and this or that. But it seems really weird because why would you just get a wing of like an angel and not get the rest of the body like you leave? And then he was asking Hilmar for the stencil and Hilmar was like, uh, no, like I custom the stencils. It. The stencils basically what you create before you put. Yeah, it like down. you put you put it on yeah, the body like in order of, to have a tracing. It's have a yeah, tracing. Yeah, have a roadmap or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, we come across all kinds of weird. That's very rare that yeah. that happens. I mean, that's one every four years you hear about that kind of thing. So what 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 do you think is a, a determining factor on whether or not someone should get a tattoo? Because you know people get tattoos removed. Yeah. And people get scared of getting tattoos. Yeah. Like I, I was a wimp. I waited like a few years before yeah. I even got a wizard on my arm. For sure. <laughs> so like, so what helps someone make a decision on getting a tattoo? I think it's all personality. I think if you're like a perfectionist, then think about it. But if you're kind of like, you know, don't really care and you're kind of a free bird, I mean, go for it. Because that's just a whole different mentality, right? Like I don't regret any tattoos, you know, and I actually... A lot of them are done by people that I really enjoy or like, and uh, it's a memory, a moment in my time, in my life. That's why even like uh, when I tattooed The Rock, he had asked me about redoing the Polynesian stuff, and I had told him, you know, this was before I was going to do a new tattoo on him, but he had asked me about doing the Polynesian stuff, and I had said, you know, I think you should get a Sulawapit to redo that, which is a like a master Pacific Islander tattooer, and uh, that's like their title, and so... Yeah, man, I just feel like that energy was the right energy. Like I could have totally tattooed him and been like, oh, I tattooed the rock, you know, but what was more important to me was this guy to get his, what he, what he deserved and what was right and, you know, everything. But in the end, man, I feel like age tattoos are important to have too. Like I love seeing an old biker or like even an old guy that's been in prison or, you know, an old military guy with a tattoo. I love seeing the age tattoo. I say, don't redo it live with that age. It's like wrinkles on your face. Like a lot of people don't let that happen, but I think there's a lot of beauty in that. And it's funny because people don't respect it enough to where, you know, time is earned. And if you don't see it that way, it's kind of backwards because you should respect age, you know, and, and I respect the tattoo that was done. Like there's still people alive that, that had tattoos done at the Pike, which is one of the oldest tattoo shops in uh, the United States. It was in Long Beach and it's where all the sailors used to get tattooed. And uh, 
you know, there's, there's people that have those, dude, and they paid like seven bucks for them back then. And I just think that that's cool. I want to see what that looks like today. Mm. That's rad to me. So what's, what's, what's next for you? Like what? Right now, um, I have, I have a new, I, I do products for tattooing. Yeah. Uh, I have a stencil solution, which is what we were talking about. The stencil, you put it on, it's meant for tattooers. Um, I have an ointment, which is like a natural ointment. That That's called blue. Vegan blue. Vegan and blue. it's like a, um, just an ointment for like a skincare. It's any kind of skincare. But um, I mean, what's next is just furthering my career. I think uh, learning more. I've been a student this year. I've been taking drawing classes again. So I've been doing like figure drawing, learning how to do that. Um, and then uh, just growing, you know, investing and being smart with whatever I've been able to earn. And and part of what we ask, uh, what, what I do on this podcast is ask people when 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 was the most challenging time in your life in terms of your mental health and um, and then we'll talk about like kind of what you did to get out of it is as an anything, adult as, in in your life period. Is there anything that comes to your mind as um, most challenging? I mean, I think I've been really fortunate because. Art has given me a direction and uh, an outlet and a focus. So like really, man, tattooing, like let's just say I can, I can, anything can happen right now. And if I go and do a tattoo, I instantly feel better. Or if I go and do an oil painting, I can focus on that and lose myself in it. Where like nothing really in, in real life is happening. So I really feel that whether it was me as a kid, you know, or an adult, Arts kind of centered me and taken me and been able to bring me out of the darkness of my own mind, you know, or, or whatever's going but on. But what what does that darkness look like for you? I mean. When I, it's happened in the past. I mean, as a kid, it was more, you know, I was a rebellious kid. My parents got divorced and I didn't have the best relationships with them. And actually, you've made me think about things a lot different. And probably if you would ask me two years ago, I probably would have been a little bit more like probably angry or bitter towards like that past. But in the last few years, I've really thought about it and I've even read other books on it and stuff. And, you know, I understand my parents did their best and I love them. Like I do love them and I'm grateful. And I, uh, I, I don't want to think about that stuff as much anymore. I try to like, you know, let that about go. What? Just about like just the divorce and, you know, uh, I think they were going through so much negativity within their relationship and then trying to find other relationships that maybe the kids got thrown to the side a little bit, you know, and they didn't really pay attention to what they were doing to their children. And so I ended up growing up with my grandmother, like I ended up living with her since I was about 14. And, uh, you know, my grandmother was, she's my angel. Like she was like the most amazing person I know. But you know, she had, she had told me when I lived with her that she had already raised her kids, kids, and that whatever I chose to do with my life was my choice. So I didn't graduate high school, you know, and I didn't, I didn't, I made choices that made it harder on myself to really grow in life. And I feel like I've had to work twice as hard to obtain the same as someone does normally with a normal job. And I just, uh, I didn't have the help. Like nobody gave me money or gave me like a chance. So I, I went through a long time of being lonely, you know? And, and that's also why I think I've sustained a relationship with Joanne so long because- Joanne, your wife. Yeah, she was my best friend. And yeah. she really kept me away from, I was lucky to have her. And I'm still lucky to have her because she's been there for me. She's been my rock and uh, she was a stranger. You know, she was somebody I met as a kid. And so- You met at what age? About four, I met her at 12, but 
I, we started dating about 15. I met her through wow. my cousin. But I think it's too because I was like a lonely kid, you know, and I think that uh, it, she just filled that that void of love. You know what I mean? And and it's kind of crazy, like when I think about it, because so you're saying that the the biggest challenge for you has really been a deep sense of loneliness as a kid. Yeah, I guess until I, you connected with her, I think it's hard too, even as an adult, to love myself. Like I, I noticed that I have that issue because someone will tell me something positive and instantly I want to go to a negative place. And I've constantly thought about that. Like, you know, someone says, oh, you look at it. And I'm like, oh, I'm fat. You know, or like something negative comes to my quickly head. Quickly happens. Quickly, every time. Oh, your art's good, make excuses. And I don't think I really ever realized this, but now thinking about it and, and looking at my past, it's just, I don't think I loved myself because I didn't feel a lot of love, even though I know they loved me and I have a better relationship with my dad and my mom now. I think back then it just, I was a lonely kid and I was so broken. So it's just role play, right? Yeah. So, so um, I have an idea. Okay. So what we're gonna do is, I have some glasses with me. Okay. And uh, <laughs> you're gonna throw these on and you're gonna role play a little bit, right? Oh man, yeah, so okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know, I just, my instincts were to grab some glasses. All right. Um, <clears throat> and these, this one pair has uh, black X's on them uh, and uh, what I'm going to have you do is right. I know you have glasses on, so you're going to take them off. put these on and I'm become someone else or what? Well, I want you to become, so we're going to play out. Oh, I just want to understand the dialogue. A little, yeah. <laughs> so we're, I just want to play out. The this is awesome. Cool. Right. Yeah. Uh, of let's say I go, Nico, you look great. Just play out. Who this character is? Who this character oh, is? Oh, this character is All right, on, so, on so, fire so, right I'm, now. Okay, so so the the voice is like when I say, "Hey, Nico, you, hey man, you look great." I do. <laughs> That's how I feel with these on. That's which how you is so strange, right? <laughs> You're like tucked away. And you I just seen the X's, and it's just. I think it's because I'm tucked away, huh? Like I'm hidden behind some black. Yeah. Yeah. So you feel good. You do feel like you're, you look, amazing. I don't know what I look like, but I feel like I look amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, okay. But if you were to play out that voice of, yeah, here, we got a mirror. So, you so you're going to show you me like. what I look like. Yeah. We're going to show you what oh, you wait, look wait. like. Turn it this way a little bit. <laughs> uh, awesome. You look awesome. I love it. Okay. So take off the glasses. All right. All right now All look at yourself in the mirror. All right, let's see. Let's bust this up. Mm -hmm. What's your initial first thought? It's probably that I'm aging. That you're aging. Older. Yeah. First thoughts yeah. you're aging. Yeah, it brought me to a different place. Totally different yeah. place. And and was it negative that you're aging? A little bit. And I just said I like it. It's funny, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's weird. So it's like it's uh your initial reaction was a little like, oh, like uh we can remove the mirror. I mean oh, Nico no, stared at okay. himself. No, I'm good. Um so we removed the mirror and uh and your, your initial thought is negative. And any any idea why why that is, like in real time, right? Not like in the past. Like, where do you feel it when you instantly think, um, "Oh, I'm aging." Like if that thought, what feeling comes with it? Um, I mean, it wasn't. I just I think I looked at myself and said I looked older, like in my mind. But I, I don't really know where that would come from. Do you feel a certain type of way of looking older? Uh, honestly, I don't. Okay, I really so you don't. feel good about it? I don't feel good about it. I'm kind of indifferent with it because actually I feel better looking older, to be honest, you know, but I just, 
I could just tell I looked older. That's Got the it. first initial thought. Well, I'm trying to get to, because you're saying, you know, it's, it's hard for you when people compliment you. Yeah. Uh, tell you that you look great or that your work is amazing. Yeah. That you have an initial reaction. For sure. That, um, that like, affects your, like. I think I'm better with it now, but there was a time that it was a lot worse. You know, and I think that's why as well. Like, I, I don't think I'm perfect at it and I still struggle with it. That's why it's kind of indifferent in the middle. But it definitely, I've been working on myself for years. How you know? do you want to feel? Like, it, meaning like if someone said to you, Nico, you look great. Mm -hmm. How do you, what, how, when you say you're aware that like instant reaction is negative, how yeah. would you like to feel? Yeah, fuck yeah, I look great. <laughs> you want to think, you want to think, yeah, I do. Yeah, look I look great. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. want to think, fuck yeah, yeah, I look good. And I feel good. Okay, yeah. cool. And, uh, but that's not that often. No, I mean, I think as I get older and I think now I do feel more like that because it used to be worse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't look at myself at all in the mirror ever, like ever. You know, I, I don't know why. I just, I think I kind of hated myself, you know, and I think I made a lot of choices to feel that way. You know, I think I, I think so now, you know, I, I don't drink like I'll, I'll drink. I'll have like an alcohol. Like, so I went to Vegas this last weekend. Like, it's so funny. You're talking about this. And my dog went right up to you. Your dog's awesome. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I hate myself. My dog Vita's like, let me go hang out with him. I know <laughs> she feels it. But um, yeah, I went to Vegas. I had some drinks with Joanne, but that's with Joanne. You know what I mean? Like. I don't drink with my friends. I don't go out um, anywhere to, uh, you know, party. I think that was another thing, man, is I, before I had no self-discipline. I was like, uh, like a, doing whatever I wanted, like a gypsy, free bird, like drinking, partying, you know, going to these conventions around the world and being treated awesome. I just, I think that on the outside, I felt like, life was good and, and great. But now like really looking at it, I think I was just like kind of lost mm. and I kind of hated myself for making bad decisions when I was drinking. And that's also another reason why like I don't like drinking or doing anything of that sort because I get like the next day, even if I did nothing wrong, I have instant guilt. And so I just, I know it's not good for me. And that, that's telling me something. It's telling me that I shouldn't be doing this. And so I make sure not to do it. And, you know, I have friends that come and visit from all around the world, come to my shop, and they're like, let's go out drinking. And, man, it takes major discipline for me to be like, uh-uh, I can't, I can't. I really want to right. because it's fucking awesome. And I've had some of the best times ever like that. But I just know that the next day or the next three days or, you know, it's just I'm not going to feel proud of myself. I'm not my best self. Yeah, it's always a, it's always a trip coming by your shop because you'll be like, these two people are in from Russia and yeah. Slovenia, and they're yeah. going to be here working for the next month. It's yeah. almost like your black anchors become uh, kind of like a hub for people yeah. internationally, for sure, of a certain style of realism, for sure, to do tattoos. Yeah, I mean, I have people from all over. I had this guy from New Zealand that's a great tattooer, you know, come out to my shop in Asperia, and he told me when he was there. This is my dream to be at this shop, to work here, even just for this couple of days that he was there. Like he was, it was his dream, you yeah. know, and, and that meant a lot to me, 
you know? So I think also too, like for me, like you said, I have a big following tattooing and uh, I really want to be a positive force in tattooing. Is there, is there uh, something about younger generation that you see different than the generation now, even as tattoo artists, or is it pretty? Like, what do you mean? The generation before me compared to now? No, I mean, the one that exists today, like for, for younger tattoo artists, do you see um, that there's a different mentality? For sure. I think that for me, because of how I've led my career, I think people initially thought that my goal was to be famous. And so I think the... I think that that gets confused and I think I've inspired a lot of younger tattooers. That's also why I stopped drinking and, and you know, smoking weed and things like this. Um, because I wanted to be a better leader in that aspect, a better, you know, example. And I don't feel like I was being the best example for these young kids coming up. And I finally had to make a choice like uh, for the betterment of my, my industry and something I love, I need to be a better human being. And I think that that's the choice. Like these people want to, the only thing I would say to the younger generation that I see is that they're lost in the money aspect and they're lost in the fame aspect. And I think that's also the generation of just kids today is social media has given them something that they really want to be. And that's famous. And I think that, uh, you should ask yourself, what kind of value are you adding to the world? What are you doing to better people's lives? And, I think that if you're doing something true to your heart, you're going to become probably famous for that. But really, you want to feel like accomplished within yourself and maybe within your peers. But the fame thing is just, just is what it is. You know? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like there's there's fame, and then I almost see in that someone won't connect the dots necessarily, but it's like respect. Yeah, and respect comes from hard work and yeah, doing whatever it takes yeah. to be as great as possible and evolving. And there's no cheating in that. No. You know, that takes time, Yeah, you know, and, and effort. So yeah, some people get it faster, some people don't, but it's all effort. You and know? what, uh, in terms of, of client service, because so much of what you do is client service, what advice do you have with dealing with clients in general? Because I mean, your your business is, is similar to, in, it could be similar to being a waiter, it could be similar yeah. to, meaning like you're, it's client-centered. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have to constantly remind myself that I'm in the service industry and I'm a servant to these people that I'm tattooing. And that's one thing that a lot of tattooers lose sight of and even myself. And so I have to always reevaluate that and make sure that I'm doing my best because, you know, being a tattooer, you do make bad choices. Like I've never had to be on time to anywhere. So I've always just lived my life however I want, you know? And so time for me is probably my biggest challenge because I'm like the worst with time management. You know, I'm not, never like a punctual person. It's 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 a struggle. Yeah, so. I don't think I've ever met up with you. Yeah. And where you've been on time. Yeah, and you know, I literally said before, it's, yeah, it's funny yeah, that he's gonna that. be late. I said, well, we'll for make sure. sure, you know, we're, we're doing this at uh, one. For sure. And I said, just plan to schedule it for two. Yeah, you're smart. Um, I said, because yeah, Nico. You're smart. I said, his tendency is something happens or it's coming no, up. No, I mean, yeah. And, and that's that's my life. I mean, I'm better at it now. Like I said, like it's been a work in progress. Yeah. But I, I definitely, I also add so much to my plate that time is difficult. And plus tattoos know? take a long time and some yeah. take a lot longer than others. You for also sure. have three kids. For sure. 
You also live two hours away for sure from your two shops. Well, no, my one shop's right down the road, which is the home shop. Right, but and the then, other one's two hours away. Yeah, it's right here. Yeah, and I actually got that shop because one of my friends had issues going on in his life that he couldn't maintain it, and uh, he had to get rid of it. He had to get it out of lease. Did, let me ask one more question, and then we're going to do the universe decides wheel, which is okay. random questions cool. awesome. that uh, sick. You'll spit fire answer. All right. Um, in terms of mental health in the tattoo industry, because I'm asking, you know, I'm, I've been sitting down with different experts in different spaces. Sure. What do you think is the the challenge that you see? Is it alcohol and drugs? Is it depression? Is it like uh, anxiety? Like, what do you see amongst tattoo artists? I mean, I do think all those things you're talking about are heavily within tattooing. I mean, I deal with it, you know, and uh, I know that people struggle with it worse than I do. And I see it, you know, you're your own worst enemy. Like the craziest thing is I always explain it to people like this, and this is maybe tattooers will get mad about this or not, but let's just say you went to a restaurant, right? And the chef was on heroin and you knew the chef was on heroin. Would you eat there? No. All right. So let's say this, you go into a tattoo shop, but the dude's a fucking badass. The dude's on heroin and you know it. Would you get tattooed? I'm, a lot of people, a lot of people would. They would. For sure. As long as the work was good and that dude's not nodding off, they'll look past it. Wow. And so I think there's been the same as a rock star. Some some musicians yeah. and stuff will do drugs and nobody, everyone looks past it because they were creative and this and that. But if it, if that dude was preparing your food, you ain't going to eat it. You right. know? And so I just. You're so think, right. It's like people will look past. Um, I would say, you know, it's interesting with, with people who are really successful or celebrities yeah. is if if you if the name if your friend down the street um yeah. you're is using drugs or alcohol you would have a conversation with that friend and say look man like I, at a certain point you're like i can't be around you if you sure. if you don't want to be sober because you're sure. you're causing consequences in my own life for sure and then when there's uh famous people uh everyone views it so much differently yep. and uh they they don't even look at what's really going on. They kind of just sure. look at the what they want to believe. For sure, of course. And so that's the thing. People, tattooers get away with a lot. You know, and I think that um, it's become an excuse of like, that's okay, I'm a tattooer. That's how it is, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, at some point, you know, in order for you to level up in life, you got to straighten up or not. I know love it. that. Yeah. To level up in life, you got to straighten up or you don't. And that's the point, dude. Like, I want to level up. So I have to look at myself and be like, yeah, I do love myself. And I do want to be better. And I'm going to feel better. I'm going to be happier. And I'm going to take the things out of my life that don't make me happy and don't suit my, my goal. Yeah. let's do the universe decides wheel all right let's is it, do it charged up you guys this thing for whatever reason it's almost you would think that it is a rocket ship because the power oh really seeps away on this oh. one really quickly it's a trip on oh, the ipad Jonathan? okay so the producer put some questions in yeah that's good so the reality is uh some of these may be random and every time we've done this okay. this is the fourth one it ends up on a question yeah. where i say i don't know what that means although i do give some creative spirit into this yeah so what you do is you click um resume resume so resume yeah you just spin that wheel all right let me make sure spin. the volume's on yep all right <laughs> amazing 
What does that say? Nico Hurtado, what is your favorite junk food? My favorite junk food? I mean, ice cream. Ice cream. Love it. Specific kind? Any. I don't really? care what it is. Yeah, it could be the cheapest ice cream, the best ice cream. I just love. I don't know what it is. A shake, whatever. Ice cream is my shit. Ice cream's your shit. All yeah. right. Well, let's eliminate that question and let's give it another spin. All right. All right. Let's see. <laughs> All right. Celebrity All right. You have to do a celebrity impersonation. <laughs> oh my god, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> and I'll try to guess who it is. That's all right. Oh man, I, I don't even know. I've never even done one. Um, what an exciting opportunity to try something new. Yeah, I'm gonna try something new. Let's see. <laughs> you know what's funny is I'd movie quotes all day long, but um, I don't know. <laughs> I got it. I know. I thought about it. I, th oh, I totally thought me? about it. I totally thought about it right now. So, all right. Nico, what makes you, I don't know. I don't know. I was going to do Coach Mike, but I didn't do it. No, I just do it. Get to the chopper. I don't know. <laughs> Who's get to the chopper? You don't know who that is? Get to the chopper. Everyone's oh, not man, in their head. Oh, come on. Um, I, who is I, that? I, I don't know. <laughs> let's see. I'll tell you another one. Um, let's see here. Um. Oh man, I can't even think. I don't know. You messed so up. To the I, I don't even know. That's so famous. No, no, you know, know who is that? It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh yeah. Yeah. Got it. I kind of got so bad. No, it was just it was no, so bad. I was my head. I'm not was, an actor, bro. No, I mean, I think my <laughs> I head was in arts and culture <laughs> and different. All right, we'll eliminate that one. All right, let's do this. Okay, and uh, let's see. My drag queen name. So what is your drag queen name? I don't name? know. How would we how would we figure this out? Well, it could be Nikita. No, I was gonna say Nicole. Nicole. Okay, yeah. Nicole. Nicole, I don't know. I the first thing that came to my head was Nicole the Great. I don't know. Nicole the Great. <laughs> yeah. Real Nicole flamboyant. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Or they say it's the street you grew up on in your Okay, so Nicole Golita. Nicole Golita. Yeah, that's that my sounds name. like a winner. Yeah, that's a winner right there. Cool. Well, you did the universe decides wheel. I liked it. Uh, thank you for doing that. And thank you for coming out. And uh, you, uh, as you know, your story is in my next book that I can't yeah. name. For sure. What it is yet, but it comes out in the fall. And uh, by right. design, I did not ask you some questions that uh, I know are fascinating to me. Uh, because I wanted to make sure that okay. I didn't spoil anything for the book. Okay, okay, cool. cool. Um, Very cool. But thanks, man, for coming out. Thank you so much. Man. All right, brother. I love Mike. Thank you so much. Love you.